0: Welcome to the Break the Mould podcast. I'm Tim Roberts, author of Break the Mould, leadership coach, speaker and host of your Break the Mould podcast. Uh, If you've listened to other episodes, I've remembered to do a little introduction. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I'm thinking whilst we're at episode nine, maybe more and more people are starting to listen and they're picking up for the latest episodes. So if you are, you're welcome. If you've listened to every episode, you know who I am. So you can just ignore what I've just said. Most importantly... Let's introduce the guest for this episode, and it is the brilliant Nikki Hercombe. Uh, so, in, in her own words, Nikki's introduction is that uh, Nikki has over 20 years of experience in the field of LD and leadership. Uh, she's passionate about people and seeing them at seed, uh, succeed. Rather. Um, Nikki's experience has helped her to work in outsourcing, medical, Uh, contact centers, community healthcare, and she's now working with EPOS where she is the head of L&D. Nikki describes herself as a work in progress and that she always hopes to be that way. She will never profess to have all the answers. Uh, she, what she does have is a lot of experiences that she's willing to share. And the interview you're about to listen to is a great example of that. Nikki shares a lot of her experiences. She shares a lot of around what she believes in. How hard she works as a leader. The opportunities that she has in her role to help other leaders. And I, I, The first thing I want to say, actually, is to listen out to in Nikki's interviews. What she said there in her introduction about describing herself as a work in progress. Because... Uh, Nikki talks about that in terms of we're all a weakness in progress. We, we don't need to be perfect. We, we don't we shouldn't be striving to be perfect. Actually, accept that we are all a work in progress and that we can always get better. And uh, she talks brilliantly about nobody knows it all. And I love the way she calls this out actually, because from a leadership point of view. Sometimes you can put yourself under pressure to know everything and think that, oh, if my boss asked me about that or a customer asked me about this or if somebody asked me about that in a meeting, I need to know the answers. I must know everything. And the reality is you don't need to know it all. We, we always need to learn something. And often the best way to learn is by not knowing the answer. Um, linked to that, there's a brilliant encouragement from Nikki about we've got to give some shit a go. Think about something you've not done yet and give it a go. What's the shit that you can give a go this week? You know, actually, we've got to challenge ourselves and give these things a go and actually challenge ourselves to learn new things. And uh, there's some things that uh, Nikki talks about. There's a link to this in terms of giving things a go and learning things from it. And there's a couple of things around developing leadership ability and, takes time you know it doesn't happen overnight it's a brilliant reminder about this actually nikki and i dig into leadership development quite a bit in this actually and i asked nikki some maybe some tough questions actually to share her thoughts that will really help anybody listening to this who is a leader works in LD, or is responsible for leadership development you will get a lot from nikki talking around leadership development she really shares some brilliant insights and tips from it and i think one of the things that comes from that is this this of accepting that becoming the leader he wants to be and developing the ability want takes time and as part of that is actually just stop making decisions for the people now it's a big failing of leaders. Often they make decisions on behalf of other people. And I mean the decisions that don't need to be made on behalf of other people. Clearly, leaders need to make decisions. They need to decide on the strategy, the approach, what it is that the team are going to work towards. What Nikki talks about actually is if somebody's responsible for something in your team, let them make the decision. Let them decide how they're going to deal with it. You know, Challenge them. And she talks about how that can help to develop that leadership ability because it builds confidence and reminds you that you're there to lead, not do. Um, I, I think Nikki and I, well, Nikki, not me, has actually created uh, a new phrase, uh, a new slogan within this podcast interview when she says, if you can't people people, then get out of leadership. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Listen out for when Nikki's talking about. If you can't people people, then get the hell out of leadership. And she talks about choosing to be a leader for the right reasons. Um, It's also brilliant, actually, Nikki, reminds us and I and I think it's okay that we talk about this in our roles, me as a coach, Nikki as head of L D. People are hard work. I'm hard work. My wife will definitely tell you I'm hard work. Some of my mates will tell you that I'm hard work. And you know what? Sometimes my wife's hard work. So are some of my mates. So are my kids. So's nicky sometimes. And it's alright we're people, we're complicated I think Nikki just reminds us of that as a leader, it's accept that, embrace it, you know, accept who you are, build trust in that way. And I think there's a brilliant thing what Nikki talks about there in terms of people are hard work. So put the time into being clear into what you will not tolerate from them and listen to people. It's a beautiful thing the way Nikki talks about it is actually it's all right that people can be hard work sometimes. Be clear on what you won't tolerate from them and really listen to them. On that, I think I've teed it up perfectly for you to now go and really listen to Nikki Hercombe. Enjoy your her interview. You will take so many tangible, implementable tips from this conversation. And I'll see you back here for the outro. Enjoy Nikki's interview. Nikki Herkem, brilliant to see you. Welcome to the Break Them Old podcast. How are you? I'm brilliant. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Excellent. We've just been having a bit of a chat, putting the world to rights, so and it's already cheered me up. So thank you. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you're going to do the same for the listeners. I, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> right, let's start where we always start, Nikki. Our first question: uh, What does being your true, authentic self mean to you?
1: Well, for me, it's it's about honesty. It's about being honest with who you are. Um, and then there's, there's the dog.
0: There's um, the dogs.
1: Yeah. On cue. Yeah, it, it is. It's about being honest about who you are and your weaknesses and your areas for improvement. Because if you can't be honest with yourself, how can you create an environment where people are going to trust you in, in any role that you're doing? So you know, know who you are and be, accept who you are as well. I think that's the biggest thing. It's, it's all right to not know everything. It's all right to keep learning. And it's all right to be aware of what your, um, your, your weaknesses are. As long as you're willing to not use it as an excuse. I think that's probably one of the biggest things you come across. It's, it's just the way I am. It's just the way I manage. And you, I'm not going to change that, but actually you need to look at, what's better for the people that you're working with and sometimes you do have to adapt and be aware of your 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 weaknesses and be willing to kind of develop them and it might take a while but as long as you know it's fine to say it's a weakness in progress i'm aware of it and i'm working on it (laughs) but yeah be honest we're not perfect don't don't strive for perfect it's never going to happen just be the best version of you oh listen to me i'm sure somebody said that
0: It's on the cover of a book somewhere. Can't remember where. <laughs> uh, thank you, Nicky. What a, a brilliant start. I really like that in terms of it's a weakness in progress. A
1: weakness uh, in
0: progress. Yeah. I, you know, we always say a work in progress, a weakness in progress. You're right. I think it's a really nice way. And I think it really chimes with what you said about accept who you are. That's a really powerful, and, and i i, I a lovely message, and I'm not I'm not dampening it down by calling it a lovely message. What I mean by that is often in the workplace we're encouraged to change. You, you, you're the boss now, or you're doing this job now, or you're this age now. You, we probably say it's to kids, don't we? Oh, you're leaving school now. You've got to do this. And yeah. you're right. There's, I think there's so much in what you said there about accept who you are and allow that to drive how you build trust with others. I thought that was really lovely way you said that, about building trust with others by knowing mm-hmm who you are and accepting who you are
1: it's, it's accepting but accepting that you're you might have to develop that and work work on making that one of your strengths or something yeah. that you're, you're more comfortable with because I think if we if we if we use it as an excuse then people just they don't buy into you as, a, as an individual they you know it's a mask then that you're putting on you're either hiding that that's a weakness yeah. and you're taking that out on other people and in, in any work environment, whether you're part of a team or whether you're managing a team or you're delivering training to, to a group of people, you can only have a mask for so long. <clears throat> you can yeah. only hide things for so long. And if people see your weaknesses and you're not accepting a weakness, they're going to try their very, very best to expose you. And that's just toxic. It's a toxic place to be. But yeah. be honest, with you, oh, you know, I'm really uncomfortable with that or this is new for me. Or, oh, look, I'm really sorry that I behaved in that certain way because I'm I'm aware of it and I'm going to work on that and it won't happen again, but as long as it's genuine, but yeah, I think people tend to try and mask it and then you create a micromanagement situation as well, because they're they're trying to deflect the the weaknesses onto other people. I'm an open book and that's for me, you you will know, you can ask me one question. You will know my life history within about 10 minutes because I'm, that's just who I am. And not everyone's comfortable with that, and that's absolutely fine. But don't lie about it or hide it. If you know you've got yeah. weaknesses, own it. <clears throat> own it, but don't use it as an excuse.
0: Yeah. And it, it's fascinating listening to you, actually, because but, <clears throat> you're really bringing into my mind some of the people I've worked with. It's the word honest that made me think about it. And then when you talk there about it creates the tox. Uh, toxic culture it creates that micromanaging you know straight away your know, people are coming into my mind and people saying things to me it was a bit about being honest that you said because something that sprung to mind then is is and it is from a micromanagement point of view is i know i've worked with and i encounter people who say things like this now in the leadership teams that i coach where they'll portray this, I'll be really honest with you and I'll tell you this and I'll tell you that. And great if, like you say, when that's done from a, a position of positive intent when it's done with that vulnerability there, great, bring it on. you can say whatever you want to me as long as it's as long as I believe you're doing it in a truthful way and you're doing it in a way to open up, bring it on yet, many people say things like that i'll i'll tell you as it is mate yeah bring it on you want some truth i'll say this and i'll always be honest with you often i find that actually they might say certain things and in particular they're doing it in a way that i look at me think okay you're saying what you think honestly i don't think you're being honest with yourself Uh, and it it, often they don't have that self-awareness and maybe it is about putting the weaknesses onto others what what what's your experience from your experience, Nikki? What 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 have you seen that sits behind that kind of behaviour? Is it just ego and bravado or weaknesses? What what do you think, and what what leads people to behave like that?
1: I I think it's I think it's a mixture. I think you've got people who have and took on a leadership role for all the wrong reasons. They've done yeah. that because it's the salary, it's the status, and you you know you'll see them they'll, they'll, they'll go out. Got it, I've been promoted, brand new car, way straight away and it is all about that status and then you've got others who have been put into that role because somebody told them that that's their next logical progression step and then yeah. the micromanagement comes out of that insecurity of i don't i don't know how to manage people or i don't know how to interact well with people and we've never tested that we've never assessed it we've put you in that role because you were good your performance was amazing so your next logical step is team leader Brilliant. Okay, I don't actually know if that's what I really want to do, but if that's what you're yeah. telling me, I'm going to do that. But now I've got no skill. I'm I'm comfortable with the process. I'm comfortable telling people how to do their job because I did it. But yeah, I'm not comfortable with somebody's talking to me about mental health, and I don't know what to do, so I'm going to ignore it. Or there's absences, and 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 I'm not sure how I don't want to have to have a conversation with them, so I'm going to ignore that as well. And it's we're not supporting those people in that role, and then that just those toxic behaviors become part of their normal day and then you can see it within the team you know and I've just seen people who can talk the talk and have got into the role because they think that that's what they want to do but they'll they're working with people who've got more knowledge or experience in certain areas and they see that as a as a a risk or a, a challenge to their authority and they don't so I've seen I've seen it I've been very fortunate in my career that I have never been micromanaged and I've never had a toxic. And I'm going to say it. I haven't worked for a dickhead. I haven't. Wow. But I've seen dickheads in process. I've seen the damage that they cause <laughs> when they don't. When when and it's been all of those situations. And you know they'll they'll recruit people in, and they've really done that role in in other areas. They've got experience outside of that company, and I think that's key as well is When you promote within and they only know the internal processes and how it's yeah. the internal culture, then they'll always do what's always happened. And if we don't, sometimes you need to bring external people in with different experiences and different um, ideas and visions because they can challenge that status quo. Um, but yeah, it's when that happens and you've got people that know more than you, it's how you deal with it. As a, as a leader, do you see that as a threat to your position that they're going to want your job? They probably will. Yeah. You. But and I, and I think this is where I, <clears throat> I'm different. And, well, People I've managed might tell you something completely different, but I think I'm all right sometimes. <laughs> Not always. Um. But I I thrive on, on having people in my team who've got different experiences to me or different skill sets because I'm learning and I want to learn yeah. and I want to give people an opportunity. I want to see people that have come within my teams that are going on to achieve bigger and better things than me. That's not me being, I don't want to be jealous of that. I want to encourage that. You know, I've, I've, it's happened. I brought somebody in as an l and manager, probably one of the first and manager roles that they had. You give them an opportunity. And now they're being off being ahead a of as well, in a shorter space of time than it yeah. took me to get to that level. And and, I, and that makes me really happy. That's what I, I want to be as a manager. And I think it's understanding people's, desire to be a leader what's what's the underlying reason that they want to do it and if it's not to support the people or be there for the people get out just don't do it find another career path but don't manage people yeah if you can't people people <laughs> yeah <laughs> if it's two people eh, get out <laughs> <Yeah. find> <laughs> <laughs> there's the t-shirt
0: right there isn't it if you can't people people get out <laughs> Someone well, listening to this needs to nick that and have it as their company... Yeah, I'll let you have that, Tim. I'll let
1: you have that one, yeah. If you can't, people, people, get out.
0: <laughs> people, people. I love it. <laughs> uh, th- thank you, Nicky. Much. Although there will be quite a lot of people listening to this, including me envious of going,
1: you've never worked for a dickhead. Honestly, I, I've, I've worked alongside dickheads. Yeah. I I can honestly say I've been very, very fortunate. And I think my... um. My very first job, and I might again might be a rose tinted glasses type approach, but the first thing that this man my first job in retail, I'll never forget her for as long as I live, was I will never ask you to do something that you will not see me doing myself. And I thought that was great. And I told my dad and he said, but it doesn't mean you'll ever see you do it. I was like, oh yeah, that's 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 a valid point. I might never see you do it. She said she, you know, you'll you, you know I'll never ask you to do something you wouldn't see me do but I might never see you do it but I did and she was she was good to her word she she really supported me um and that made me I was growing as an individual I if anybody saw me at the age of 18 17 18 I was awkwardly shy so when I speak to people and say what do you do for a living I'm like yeah I'm ahead of L&D you do what yeah yeah I speak to groups of people all all the time you know it's like no N- you no but in a work environment and in meetings now, back when I first started in l put me in a meeting, yeah. area, I absolutely papped myself. There's no way I'm <laughs> going to be opening my mouth in this meeting. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I'm obviously better, but um, I, I did a lot of growing. But yeah, I was awkwardly shy. And even now, you put me in a social setting sometimes and I have to gauge the group before I'll even kind of interact. So I can still be quite a shy person. Okay. But in work, I've got a bigger responsibility now because it's not about me. <laughs> it's about the people I'm managing and the people yeah. I'm providing a service for. So I've got to be better at communicating. So I I use my private life now, my personal life, to just hide in a dark room a lot of the time and put <laughs> crap movies on. So my new mission to wind down from being peopley is to find the crappiest movies I can on Netflix or Disney <laughs> and just watch them. And they've not disappointed, though. They've been quite good, some of them. So I recommend that to anybody. If you're having a bit of a down day, look at Netflix, look at the crappiest looking movie and give it a go. <laughs> maybe,
0: maybe that's the other recommendation I need to ask for at the end of each show. What's <laughs> what's the crappiest movie you can recommend? <laughs> There's
1: been so many. But some of them have turned out to be quite good and didn't been like, I've put you off for ages, but you were actually worth a watch. But yeah. So, yeah sure.
0: um... I think something you can have to do after this. Uh, Nicky is going to ask for some commission from the companies that you've worked for and now work for because you know what's going to happen now people listening to this will be thinking right Nikki's never worked for a dickhead they'll be trawling your LinkedIn profile and applying for the jobs at all those companies <laughs> get ready for messages
1: I'll put, I'll put a disclaimer on that I may not have worked for a dickhead I can guarantee there were a lot of dickheads around nicely
0: done nicely done <laughs> But listen, everything you share, Nick, it's so relevant and so powerful. And look, at the end of each of these episodes, I share an outro where I ask some questions. And I I don't normally do this, but just having you talk, there's a few questions I I want to put out there to the audience because I'm also going to ask you, This I hope this makes sense, I'm going to ask you a question about some questions. (laughs) Um, So I'll explain what I mean by that, but already some things for listeners to think about this, about how well do you accept who you are? Uh, there was a brilliant thing you were sharing there about how you've naturally changed over your career. And, you know, uh, uh, something for people to think about listening to this is about how have you changed during your career so far? Because we do, don't we? You know, I, I, you talked about it yeah. before, but this thing where people say, that's just me, I can't change. I'm thinking that's the biggest lie on planet Earth. Just you choose. To... <coughs> yeah, you yeah. choose. to. Or, oh, okay your mindset, your beliefs, your values aren't going to change and your thoughts and feelings might not. What you can change is your behaviour. Yeah, and I, and I think there's there's a lovely reminder as well about, I think, particularly for leaders. And, and look, look, I know a lot of people in HR roles and L&D listen to this. I think it was a great question about how can you help people around you to go on to bigger and better things? And mm-hmm. it's a great way of shifting our mindset instead of seeing people as a threat. Yeah, now, what I wanted to ask you about is that what you said before about – you mustn't take on a leadership role for the wrong reasons. I, I think this is such a brilliant way to help people think about their authenticity, to help people think about, you know, looking as best they can for the right role for them. So I want to ask you something about that, but I want to do it in two, two ways of looking at this, because there's two elements for me, there's two elements in terms of what contributes to people going into those leadership roles. It's the individual. So I'm going to start by asking you something about the individual. It always starts with you. So that's where we need to start. (laughs) And the organization and how they promote you. I thought you articulated it brilliantly about, oh, you're performing really well in your role. We'll now get you to lead the team. And that happens so often, doesn't it? So I want to ask you about the individual first and then I'll ask you about the organization. And and this is very much um, thinking about people listening to this, particularly when they are being given the chance to be promoted or perhaps they're thinking about their next step and they're thinking about getting the senior leadership role or, you know, getting the first leadership role, whatever it might be. Or, of course, they might help the influence to help others get their leadership role. So what I want to ask you, Nikki, is for the individual, what would you suggest are some powerful questions that we could ask ourselves to make sure we take the leadership role on for the right reasons. What what would be the questions we could ask ourselves to make sure that leadership role is right for us?
1: Oh, well, I suppose the first one is why do I want to do it? Why? Yeah. Why, why am I wanting, or do I want it really? But why why do I want that role? And what, what skills or behaviours am I going to bring to that role? And... What skills and behaviours do I need to learn and adapt if I'm going to take that role? I think it's so easy to go, yeah, I've been given a team manager role or whatever role I've, I've gone. People think I'm good at it. So therefore I must be good at it. But it's again, it's going back to that honesty. It's am I really cut out to have conversations with people that was on my team? Or are on my team that have been my friends, I go and have my lunch with, I go out and have a stiggy break with, or, you know, I go yeah. and have a drink after work with. Now you're going to have to do a transition from that being a colleague to now having a work relationship where you're going to have to hold them accountable. Can you do that? Are you willing to do that? And what support are you going to need to do that? Because you're not going to walk into any new role and know it off heart and get it right straight away.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's, When you're being promoted into that leadership role, it's now not about how good you are at knowing those processes. You're on a new journey now and you have to learn the people skills, the human skills that didn't really matter before. And it's how are you going to tackle that? Can you, are you capable of tackling that? And if you're not ready, it's fine. It's absolutely fine to say it's not for me yet. That, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. It's just because somebody said you're right for it or you think that that's your next logical step because you can't see any other career path within the organisation, it still doesn't mean it's the only path for you.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's all right. It's all right. Yeah. It's just, uh, leadership isn't for me. Don't take it just because somebody told you to take it or somebody thinks you're ready. It's hard work. Being a leader at any level is hard work. It is a case of you will lose sleep. You will have to make decisions that are not comfortable but are right. Every day is a school day. And if you're not willing to learn, don't do it. Don't put yourself through it because that salary that you think is worth it won't be worth it. It really won't be worth it. It's hard, hard work. And you've got to be ready to put that graft in. You're not going to walk in, sit at your desk and go, I'm here to tell everybody what to do now. You're going to sit at that desk and you're going to have to get to know your team on a level that if a behavior changes, you identify that quickly and you can have a conversation, not a formal documented form. But are you all right? Is everything all right? And people are frightened to have those conversations because I'm in the job for the wrong bloody reason. So be really honest with the reason that you want it. And if you're saying, I just don't want to do that job anymore, I'm sick of doing that particular task, I want to be doing that, I think sometimes we don't appreciate what's involved in a leadership role, and this is where I think some organisations, not all, but some organisations let our future managers down because we're not setting the scene or giving them exposure to what it's really like to be a manager and the stress from that side as well as the stress of managing a team's performance and behaviours.
0: Yeah, thank you. I think that bit you said right at the start of that, Is so important around asking why do I want this role. And I love the way you built on that in terms of checking in what are the skills and behaviors. And you talked about what's the conversations and how I need to have. And I think the example you're using is is absolutely relevant in terms of often it's I've now been promoted to lead the team I I am currently part of. And yeah, you know, it's, I mean, remember I was thinking about when the first time I got promoted. Uh, and I got a business card, so you know I bought the suit and I got a business card. You know, incredible. it was the nineties. That's what you did. but the thing. Then. I, I remember. I remember.
1: Them. I,
0: wa- I walked into the pub where if, this is definitely a nineties thing, and I was young, so like every Friday you went to the pub straight away. It was fucking great, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, I walked in and I had my new suit on. You know, I was probably smoking a fag. And
1: yeah, uh, I
0: went up to my mate. I went up to my mate. I was like, "Hey, look at this! I have got my first business cards." And like pulled like a pack out. I gave one to him. He looked at it, and just went a fucking nice one. What do you want me to do with that? And just like <laughs> threw it across the pool table.
1: So I I'm like your friend already. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> I yeah. I mean, he's still my best mate now. To be fair, so he he's obviously got something right about it. But you know, he was taking a piss and he laughed about it and all that sort of stuff. But do you know what? I, I I thought of that because that's a real experience. Yeah. It, it's it's I think a good is it an analogy? I don't know because it's a real a real example, but. So that's me thinking. Potentially, a good reason for me taking this role on is to impress my mates.
1: Yeah,
0: is to maybe feel a bit like, oh, I'm I'm catching up to some of my mates now because they've got good jobs in inverted comments. Yeah, and actually, that response, it, it, my mate who knew me well was was right. I don't give a shit about that mate. I just want to wear what. what what are you doing this weekend? What do you think about the football? How's your, how's your, how's your week been at work? Yeah, uh, yeah. Great, if you've been promoted, I might buy you a pint and all that. Yet really what he's saying is, I don't give a toss that your name's on a business card. I give a toss about you. Yeah. So you're right, it's, that, it's a nice checking, isn't it? Of thinking actually, why am I doing this? And yeah. I think the bit you built on around the skills and behaviours is so important. And to me, I'd say that's really important because that's a good way of people taking responsibility for themselves. Because often... And I I see this a lot, particularly when I might work with larger organizations, when it's on kind of a bigger leadership program, per se. Uh, And they've got cohorts, which is great. I, I love that. It's a really important thing for organizations to do. There's often people in those groups who, when they're being introduced to different ways of doing things, particularly around the conversations, they'll often say, you know, I don't do this way. And it's because nobody's ever trained me. You know, I was given this job 10 years ago. My boss didn't tell me what to do. This company didn't tell me what to do. This this is too late. And I'm not saying they're necessarily wrong. Yet to me, what I do particularly is I challenge them to go, well, what have you done to learn how to do it differently? And, you know, actually, why is it down to other people? Because when you're given that opportunity yes you need support and yes organizations need to give people a chance to develop actually so much of that comes back down to you as an individual and accepting Absolutely. exactly like you're saying shit i do need to have a different conversation with nikki from next week and actually i now need to build a different kind of relationship and what am i going to do when the pressure's on and, and maybe going to somebody in the organization saying i i'd like help with this or yes. I'm not confident yet in this. It's taking that responsibility for ourselves. And look, the reason I'm talking about that is, one, it helps people to be their authentic selves. And also yeah. it, uh, it protects them or at least reduces the chance of them being then uh, a cynic in, in later leadership roles or, or having that, that inertia that infects people. And now the bit I wanted to ask you about to build on this, you talked about it a bit there is around the organisations. And, you know, you, you said about organisations need to help people going in particular those first leadership roles. I, I completely agree with that. And so there's probably maybe like a, a tangible thing or what would be your advice, you know, particularly for people listening to this who, who are leaders and might promote people in their team, who are in HR and L&D roles, OD roles, you know, people teams that, that can influence how they help people being promoted. What... What would be your advice? You know, again, maybe what are the questions they could ask of the organisation, of the individuals to help them to be ready for that? And how could an organisation or how can they help people when they're promoted into leadership? For me, the first
1: thing to do is is stop. Stop just promoting because they're doing a good job. Have you sat and had a real career conversation with your teams? Don't make the decisions for them. It's not the right way to do because they're going to say yes, and then a year, two years down the line, you're going to be coming back going these the crap, these the crap. <laughs> yeah, but they, yeah, but you gave them the role, so what did yeah. you do to support them? So stop, stop doing that. If for me, how I how how I would like to tackle it, or how how I would like to see it happen, is that we've identified people that have said they want to be team leader, team manager whichever and we are asking the questions that we've just spoke about why do you want to be a manager and what yeah. what if this situation happened what would you do about that or what support would you need to do that and it's for managers their managers to have those conversations with the individual but then it's for the organization or the lnd hr team however your your structure works is to be able to support and give them real life exposure to what it's really like, because it does look good. How how good does L&D look? We make it look really, really easy. Come and have a go. Yeah. Come and see it for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And then let me know how easy that is. And it's the same with leadership. We just, we don't give them the right structure. And for me, it should be a fair assessment process before they even apply for a role. So yeah. I'd like to see more organisations, don't be running off with my ideas, everybody, but to, to actually create a development programme that allows people to understand the fundamentals of leadership yeah. to then expose them to some elements of coaching. So if they've, they are hitting the criteria, they come through a development programme and it's going to take a while, this culture, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but this culture of I've been here for three months, I want promoting now, I want to move, I want to do it, but they don't want to work for it. That has to stop because it does take a while to develop skills. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. I put off being a manager for a very long time because I knew I wasn't ready. And I, I turned down an opportunity for a, a training manager role many years ago because I knew I wasn't, I wasn't ready. And I, I took responsibility for that. And it was the right move, absolutely the right move at the time. But it's about being able to give people um, exposure to it, however that's structured. It might be a 12-month program that is part theory, part opportunity to apply that theory, sign it off, nice. do it again, sign it off. And then as they come towards the end of a programme, a manager goes off on leave, maternity, sick, they get the opportunities to step in and apply those skills with support to be signed off. Then they pass that program I'm giving all Miss Triggs away now. They pass <laughs> that programme. Then when the vacancies come up, only those that have gone through that programme who know what it's like had an opportunity to drop out but didn't, should apply for those roles. And it comes down to the performance on the day of the interview and how they've articulated themselves and been able to provide the evidence. And then once they're in role, that learning doesn't stop. So we've given them a taster. They've had exposure. They've had experience. They've decided it's definitely for them. Then we carry on with that, that development for them and then take it to the next level and take it to the next level. And that, for me, is the better way to support our leaders because it's what we what we do. And you may have come across it, probably not now, because you know doing what you're doing. But but where it's just give a do a management program, and you yeah. do it, and it's all just rolled out. And there's no there's no evidence of application. We've not held them accountable for actually applying those skills. Then you might as well have not bothered doing that training. It's, yeah. But in order for it to be successful, we need to give them an opportunity to apply it. Get how they felt about it. Give them some coaching. Let them try it again. See how they felt. Sign it off. Yeah. Difficult conversations. Well done. We've done it. Signed it off. These are the things that you will be doing every single day in your role. Is it really what you want? Because whatever the pain you, does it now sound like that's enough money? Because this is it. This is what it's really yeah. like to be a leader. I don't like it. Fine. we we'll have give you a taste of it. Off you go. Yeah. we've lost anything but we've shown that we're willing to invest up front before we put them in a role and we should be encouraging that in an organisation to give people exposure to the roles and the, resp- the the careers that they want but also as an organisation it's being clear with other career paths because they they might if, if everyone wants to be a team leader that's because that's the only thing they see people getting promoted into but if we're not supporting the current leaders with their skill set we're going to just keep creating generations and generations of crap managers. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we're role model managers at the top to then filter down, to make sure that we're, we're setting the the scene for people that are going to be coming through the ranks. And for me, that the only way we can do that is to have a real good structure around how we uh, support that development. So it's not always a leadership route. And don't be frightened of saying, I don't want to manage people. I, I don't yeah. mind people, but I can't tolerate having to have one-to-one conversations and how are you getting on today conversations and unfortunately that's part of leadership so if it's not for you great fine what else do you want to do how do I help yeah. get it so an organization to put clear career paths and the same opportunities so you know, I, you know we can create a leadership program a post a pre-leadership program yeah and then a leadership program do that for other careers. Like L&D is a really easy one to do. We can do a train-the-trainer. We can get your exposure to, to some of the training that we're doing. And actually, that might even benefit you to go on to leadership because we're building other skill sets that you also need. You need to be able to coach. You need to be able to give feedback. Yeah. You need to be able to tell somebody when the lateness is not tolerated. You're responsible for the development. So in theory, some of the skills you learn in L&D will help you to become a leader. So you could go that path and then go back that path. It doesn't really matter. But as an organisation, it's trying to map that out to give people an opportunity to go, come and give it a go then. Let's see what you really, because it sounds fantastic, doesn't it? It sounds amazing. Yeah. That role. We make it look amazing. But actually, you don't see the stress behind it. You don't see the long hours it's put in. You don't see me turning my ear out and all my greys coming through. Yeah. To, to get it to look like that. So come and have a go. Come and have a look at it. And we should really be able to promote. I'm I'm currently in the process of trying to create opportunities via like a work experience. So we'll identify Um, self-learning. So there'll be learning paths that people can do if they're willing to put that in. Because that's another thing. Are you committed to your own self-development without me dictating what that learning is? Would you come to a conversation with me and say, I really want a career in l and D. I've I've done these online learning. I found this. And all I'm lacking now is some exposure to it. And you evidence that self-learning. I am willing to invest in you now. But if you're not willing to put any effort in, why should I do all that work? Because what, yeah. what's the benefit? You might not even apply it. Show me your commitment first, and that's what I'm trying to encourage now.
0: Yeah, fantastic, Nikki. Thank you for giving away your secrets.
1: No, just what a <laughs> stupid
0: fool. <boom. laughs> yeah, well, no, people will love you for that, Nikki. People appreciate that because actually, being honest, it's it, my my view. It's much better for people to share that art rather than kind of hide it. Because I think you said something brilliant there around. You know, let, let's not create generation after generation of crap managers. And, you know, actually a big part of that is that people like yourself do share that advice and do share actually challenging people to think about. And look, you know, the, the thing it's, it's okay. People listening to this might go, I'll never be able to do that. My HR directs never let me do that. And I see it that that's okay. What you've just shared there is it's then thinking about that and going, okay, what can I do? Who are the people in the organization who buy into this? Who are the leaders who will have those conversations? Actually, what what are the things that we could contribute to the interviews to help people to make that decision? And I just think, you know, it, the, again, that why, you know, what a brilliant thing for organizations to think about, actually, why not as part of whatever your a performance review process or just general conversations, why not actually ask people why do you work here? Why do you want to be a leader? You know, if this is your aspiration, why, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Why not do that? It helps people to make those decisions. And I think the brilliant thing you said in there as well, and this is, I think it's a good chance to cut through some bullshit that exists around leadership and how we attract people to leadership and what we kind of vote is this is the reality of leadership. Yeah. What a brilliant thing to challenge people listening to this to think about either in their own teams as the leader or across the organisation actually. Why can't we get our prominent senior leaders to share how hard have you had to work You know, what's the toughest thing you've ever had to do as a leader? You know, even getting them to talk about when they might have had to make people redundant and how it felt for them, because it's really easy to think, oh, the leaders are bastards, us versus them. Yeah, some leaders are bastards and some redundancies aren't needed. We get it. Sometimes it's the only way to allow the company to succeed. Sometimes it's the way to make the company better. And actually allowing people to share that and how they find a difficult conversation, you know, it's in the book, so allow me to reference it. Um, Yep. The best leader, um, one of the best leaders I worked with, who summed this up was was Joe, who worked in a retail store. And she talks about being a leader, and she said, you know, I was told the dream, and told that leadership's about inspiring people, and, you know. Creating high performing teams, and she said, "Absolutely, spend most of my days dealing with piss shit and tampons." You know, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, yeah. as soon as she said it, I went, "Joe, that's going to be first book. And I, I did keep my promise to her. So, Joe, if you listen to this, I love you and thank you. But it, it just always takes me back to, yeah, that's the reality, and you know, and what, yeah. what she was saying in retail is the reality is I'm dealing with people trying to nick stuff from the store. Yeah. I'm dealing with uh, younger members of staff crying because someone's been aggressive and abusive towards them. You know, and yeah. yet. In that organization where I work with Joe, what did we do? Being a leader is amazing. And you have yeah. all these opportunities. And look at this exemplary leader that we wheel out every time we need somebody else to apply for this job. <laughs> and they'll tell you how wonderful it is being a leader. And all those things are true. It It, it is wonderful being a leader. It's privileged. privilege. Yet behind that sits being able to deal with the reality of yeah. it, from being able to allow people to cry and, to to raise personal issues or to challenge you as a leader and go, I don't agree with that, mate. Actually, I, I I think we should do something else. And it, so you're right. You know, I think it's a great tangible thing you're raising there is to help people think how how can they share either their own realities of leadership yeah. or across the organisation. How can they bring that to life? And yeah, but Nick I would just I want to ask you something now. And um, this is based on what we're talking about and and what I know about you. And yes, I it is about authenticity because. To me, you scream authenticity, Nikki. You know, you, they, I
1: can't help it, honestly. <laughs> I love it. I can't help it. Brilliant. I wish
0: Sometimes everybody thought like honest, that. A, a I can't percent, help being authentic. You know? <laughs> um, but you, you know, you and I, uh, we met on LinkedIn. I feel, I feel like I'm about to reveal, like we're dating or something. <laughs> this, this, this is an appropriate thing that I'm about to share, audience. Um, but you and I just connected on LinkedIn. We we liked commenting on a few of each other's posts. I guess we saw that there was that similar passion around what we do when we message yeah. each other. You very gratefully introduced me to a client of mine now. Thank you again. Yeah. I still owe you that drink.
1: You get, you. <laughs> what I'm getting
0: at here is, to me, I felt without ever having worked or met you, you you are you. Uh, I, yeah. I, I feel that you can see that on social media. And from the the, the few messages that we had, and then even today, this is the first time literally we've we've met. All right, we're doing it (laughs) online, but that's how we meet these days, isn't it? Yeah, Um, absolutely. You just scream the authenticity. You're not trying, well, uh, this is how you're coming across. I can't tell you what you're thinking. Absolutely not. To me, you come across (laughs) that you're not trying to kind of big yourself up as this, I'm head of L&D and I know everything and I've got lots of experience. So listen to me, you're sharing things honestly and being open and, Look, I'm saying this because what I want to ask you is to share with the audience: where's that come from? How how have you built that authenticity? Has it just come naturally and it's built over time? Is it because you can't help it and it aligns with your values, or how you know what have you done practically or consciously to build that awareness of your
1: authentic self and put it into who you are? I think. Um... I'm gonna. For me, it started really with my um, when I first got my role in in L and D when I first became a trainer, and I was exposed to straight away not what I knew. They took me out of my comfort zone from day one. Okay, and I had to. I think that really established my emotional intelligence from being a stroppy young individual that's like I can't do this I can't do this and my manager was so wonderful I'm going to mention her because everybody who's ever worked with me at that period of time will know exactly who she is um so Hazel it was at the time was my was my L&D manager and she was just a fantastic coach and she put up with a lot because I'm not gonna when I was new and I'm faced with something that was new to me or something I'd never done before I could go slightly into a diva mode only slightly. Okay. I disagree with that. I'd go into a slight diva mode, but she would coach and go. She would just say things like you. I'm only asking you to do your best. I'll never ask you to do any more than that, because you won't let yourself down because you won't want to let your group down. And that was all she'd ever say. And I'm like, you're you're absolutely right. I'm getting this way and I'm going to change the way I respond to this because that's for me to work on. But I'm, she's absolutely right. I'm reacting because I want to do a really good job. I want to make sure that these learners are going to get the absolute best experience. And I want to enjoy it for them as well. So, yeah, I'd, I'd lose sleep. I'd, I'd rehearse it all night and do whatever and get really nervous in the, on the first day of it. But, and she waited. She, and she knew she knew me better than me. And that's really hard. That in itself is a skill to have a manager that can yeah. see something in you that you've not quite worked out yourself yet. And I was yeah. on a massive learning journey, not only transitioning from the job that I was doing to now training what I thought was going to be the job I was doing. She made sure that never happened. <laughs> and she put me on to another path. So every day it was stretching your comfort zone and then learning how, instead of reacting in a, I can't do it, in a big d way, is actually you channel that differently to putting it into how are you going to make that work you've been given this challenge they trust in you your group are going to need to trust you what do I need to do to do it and I think I would not be frightened of asking for help and I think when you're in an L&D role it's different because you have a certain level of knowledge that the people that you're training don't have in some respects and when you get to leadership you've no idea that what experience people have got and I'm really open to learning and I think as a manager if you're thinking it's what I know and what I do is the right way to do it, and nothing else works, then you're never going to get a relationship. I'm really honest to go, this is this is really new for me. Um, so I'm really sorry if this doesn't quite go according to plan, but we'll do our best and we'll work through it together. Or um, if to give you an example, the worst thing that happened, not the worst, definitely not the worst, but really challenging situation. I've done a performance uh, improvement program for one of our clients. I wasn't the lead trainer for that client. Yeah. So I didn't know their processes, didn't know it. So I couldn't do any induction training. But we did some performance improvement programs. Um, it got an internal award, um, or it was nominated for an internal award, better get that bit right. And we were on a table with the the equivalent of a CPO. CPOs didn't exist back then. God, I feel so old. Um, <laughs> and she was like, "How? look, this program was brilliant. What, what you did and, and the output and the data, it, it was really good. Can we not convert this into our induction program? So I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We can we can really tailor that to everybody coming through the company. We'll get exposure to all of these topics. And, we, and that's what we was working on. And then um, we put it into this client's induction and the lead trainer for it went off sick through the induction. So my manager went, you're going to have to go in. I'm like, I don't know it. Um, and I'm like, how, how am I going to get through this? I'm going to do it. So we brought somebody who knew the processes into the training. So all I did was facilitate while she did the, the demonstrations and, and taught people through it. But then people were still asking me for help. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do this together. And that's how I got Brilliant. through that training. So I literally, yeah. she went, I'm on this page and I don't know how I got there. Okay, so we're not going to break the system. It's fine. So what did you press to get there? And we literally went through it. Now, I'm learning from her and the guide. And she's getting coached and didn't even realise she was being coached. And once I've done it and seen the outcome, I'm like... And I've took that mentality everywhere. It doesn't matter that you don't know. It's yeah. doing it together and learning a path together. And I'm not frightened because I'm comfortable in myself. I know what my flaws are. I know what I'm good at. Um, And, it's, and if I've not got something and I've got an opportunity to recruit, I'm going to recruit for a skill that I haven't got because... They get autonomy. They get an opportunity to feel valued. I get an opportunity to learn. And that, for me, is the reason I wanted to be a leader when I finally made that decision is because I am learning. People are different. And no situation you ever come across will be different. And it's a learning. Every day is a school day. And if you take it as an opportunity to learn from every experience you come across, that will shape who you are. But you've got to be comfortable in your own skin to be a leader because if you're not
0: you'll be a dickhead. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah waffle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that wasn't waffle at all. And thank you for sharing that uh, own experience. I think you said, pardon me, sharing about that leader there, About you said that they knew something about you that you didn't know. And they shared that with you. I think that's a, it's a really good challenge actually for leaders listening to this to think about actually, yeah, how can you help people to better know themselves and what are the things that, you're recognizing about people around you that you can share with them, you can give them that feedback on. And I think you're right, so much around knowing ourselves that authenticity comes from that willingness to learn, doesn't it? I really like the way you talked about getting out of your comfort zone around, you know, doing more of what you don't know. And yeah. you're right, it, it's okay if you don't know. I, th- I think yeah, we yeah. put ourselves under pressure, don't we, to know everything. So brilliant. Thank you for that, Nikki. It's a real no encouragement there for people actually thinking about their experience. Now, I, I I'm gonna be brave here though and just say oh. you know you said you could be a bit of a diva. Is this the yeah. thing you should tell people listening to this that you you're drinking out of a mug that says the boss on it?
1: <laughs> to be to be fair, look at this. I've got so let I'll be very clear. This this mug I'm actually drinking out of, Tim, that says the boss was a, a wedding gift. So, there was this one said the boss, and the other one said the real boss, which was mine. And funny enough, that one got broke. Oh, I don't get yeah, that one. Happened to it, so, <laughs> I used this one. Now, my previous team, Brilliant. when I was leaving, how big that one? So, it's the biggest mug <laughs> in the world, still saying You're the boss. Say yeah.
0: So, Nikki's now holding up an even bigger mug <laughs> that says the boss in
1: bigger <laughs> letters. <laughs> I used to be, I used to be fondly <laughs> referred to at THG as um, the lady boss, and I didn't like the boss bit. But it was, it was a, a term of endearment. So <laughs> la- lady boss, I don't know what that was. I even awesome. had a mug with lady boss on it. Um, but yeah, it Brilliant. was, um, it was, it was good. It, yeah, but I'm definitely not a boss. I definitely want, don't want to be a boss.
0: Yeah, I want
1: to, I want to give people enough. I like to be able to say, I like to be in an environment. That allows me to be able to allow my teams to give stuff a go, give it a go. It's your idea, yeah. Give it a go. If it doesn't work, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. But what, what would we learn from it? And if you're in a, if you're lucky enough to have that environment where people get a voice and an opportunity to give stuff a go, they're going to keep coming with ideas, and we're going to keep getting better. And and I think that's where people's different skill sets come in, and that's why I've I've accepted I'm never going to be a specialist of everything because everything changes on so fast tech changes l and d changes yeah. new leadership models change but i'm willing to learn from others i actually learn better from people's experience than i will ever do from sitting and reading that that's just my my method i want to yeah, be able yeah. to get inspired <clears throat> and go. so um so yeah so i definitely don't want to ever be a boss so luckily, they were all done in in good fun, rather than that's what they really thought. Oh, well, I hope that was. I'm see. Look at me. I'm assuming that that's,
0: <laughs> that. Was, that's I, I would be very confident, and even the fact that you said that you know I could be a diva at times. I think that when a leader does that, it it says to people it's okay we can call that out you, you can buy me yeah. a mug that says the boss on it and i know you're just taking the piss a little bit and uh, you know i know that you're saying that because i don't want to be a boss and that's good isn't it because that means that you've got that openness it's it's better than people saying it behind your back isn't it kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. oh god don't don't say oh, that to nicky don't buy her that
1: i i would hate <clears throat> i would hate ever to think that anybody that was in my team didn't feel comfortable to talk to me about anything or, or challenge because i Look, I'm a woman of a certain age now, so sometimes my memory is, <laughs> I've said something, forgot I've said it, said something else. And then if, if you don't say anything to me, then your your head's mashed. You're going to yeah. start questioning yourself. Luckily, I've been very blessed that the teams have gone, hang on a minute, Nick, you never said that last time. You said this, and I'm going, did I? I, I did. you know what? You're absolutely right, I did. All right, so now I've had this idea and we've had that idea, which, what do we want to yeah. do? What's the best way to do it? And I'd rather have a a collaboration effect with it. And I'm lucky to do that. With an L&D, you've got that luxury. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it is it's a creative environment in theory. We should be allowed to be creative. And in order to do that, people need to be able to give shit a go. And if you're not willing to give it a go, then maybe L&D is not even for you. If you can't just go, right, this is boring, I want to give it something else a go. If you're just going to stick to process and format all the time, they are going to be really dull life for me in lnd it's all about me at the end of the day i want to have fun and i want to enjoy my job and i want to enjoy interacting yeah. with the team so bring me some fresh ideas and give it a go
0: yeah uh, so there's a brilliant question just put there what what shit can you give a go oh you're right
1: why not try it yeah what's, what's the worst that can happen? look i mean obviously there's there's roles out there that if you just give it a go could be like life threatening yes i'm not in that industry right so you're in a training environment that's not working for you. Just because it's in the schedule, just because it's in your material, you can see your group are not getting it or your team are yeah. not getting it. Try something else.
0: Yeah. What's
1: the worst that could happen? Nothing. Yeah. You're not going to get sacked. You're not going to get slapped around the head because that's violence. That's not allowed. But that's never going to happen. The worst thing that's going to happen is it didn't work.
0: You yeah. try
1: something else. Or yeah, you're and you
0: learn back. from it. Exactly yeah. that.
1: Got to allow fixed... that to happen. You
0: know, when, when you're talking there as well, as there's a nice challenge thing for people listening to this as well is when you said about you might have said one thing, then you say another. And I know I've categorically worked with a lot of leaders who've done that. And it's it's what you're saying is your team call that like, out. And I, and I think about, yeah, actually the leaders I've worked with who've done that, there's three categories they'd fall into. First category, I'd be terrified of telling them that they said something different because they'd patronise me, they'd shout at me, they'd take control. Yeah. So you just keep your gob shut and think, all right, I'll just do what you're telling me now. And if it don't work, it's not my fault. The second category would be that bit of, oh God, here he goes again. He's saying something different. I'm not going to tell him because what's the point? Because if I tell him now, he'll then say something else and then I'd have three different things I've got to think of. So do you know what? I'm just going to go and do what I think's right anyway, which clearly yeah. there is not a lot of trust there. And then the third yeah. category, which is where you fall into, is those leaders that I've worked with, like like you're having a couple of i up and go, uh, Nicky, last week we said we were going to do this. Can we just check? And you have the conversation. And it, you know, there's a good chance to think about, there, thinking about what are the behaviours they're showing. To, to get into that category, I've just really used a boring term, but to be that leader who actually, if you have said something different, it's okay for your team to go, Can I just check. We said this last week. Because all they're doing is they're trying to help you. And, and we need people to do that. Now, yeah, I, I think what we've been talking about sets this next bit up beautifully. So we're going to get into these questions that I ask every guest. So the first part of this, uh, for series two, is what must a leader always do, sometimes do and never do? And we'll do it in that order, actually, Nikki for yourself. So, Nikki, what must a leader always do? They must
1: always be honest i'm gonna stick with that just be i mean obviously there's some some things you can't be overly honest with but again always be honest with yourself and always be honest within reason to your team so that there's you're always building trust that people are feeling safe in work that they can talk to you they can raise concerns with you and know that you're going to handle it or help them or go away and find the answers and that's all it can be i think for me it's that going back to the very very beginning is just be just be honest and be yourself there's nothing you can't be that bad of a person you're actually probably more of a better person by trying to hide who you really are and you'll never that will never last so come to work and bring yourself whatever version that could be we're not always going to be Smiling, happy, energetic, full of life, positive. But if you're not in the right frame of mind, it's how do you, it's always not projecting that onto your team because it's not their fault. Whatever you're dealing with that's causing you to have a bad day, it's not their fault. And you need to always equip yourself to be able to protect them at some degree. It's always about your team, always not about you. But well, it starts with
0: you, but you've got to put them first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I think it's a lovely mindset to take, isn't it, Kerry? Yeah, it's, it's about your team. And I think that bit you said there about being honest with yourself to build trust, be honest with your team to build trust, and that bit of but what you said about you, you're you not that bad a person. And, and often we, we tell ourselves we are, so then we get nervous, then we don't tell the truth. And actually, yeah, you're right, the best way to bring out the real you is to be honest tell the truth. All right, Nikki. next bit. Uh, what must a leader sometimes do?
1: Sometimes they have to be business minded rather than people focused because that's we're there to serve a business that's got a purpose. So yeah. Sometimes you're going to have to have conversations that are not nice and not pleasant, but are required for the good of the yeah. business and for the good of the team. So it's remembering it's not all. It's not always going to be a bed of roses. And sometimes you're going to have a really shit day with shit things to do, but it won't last forever. I think that's the
0: only one I've got. No, lovely.
1: (laughs) I I think you're right.
0: It's it's getting the balance, isn't it? There's a bit of like, takes me back to March 2020, doesn't it, where, you know, ultimately leaders had to put the business first then in terms of how is the business going to operate? You know, people have to work from home. And and I, I always... I always feel it's a good example from a leadership point of view If that was the case of looking how we work still through this, never been through it before, yeah. then focus on the people, give them clarity. This is how we're going to work. Then focus on the people, check in with them, ask them how they are, ask them what support they need. You're right. Yeah. It, it, sometimes we have to look at it from a business point of view first, because ultimately when we do that, it creates the opportunity for people to be the best version of themselves, to contribute, yeah. to have that authentic relationship, to be honest with each other. Because ultimately that business is what creates the environment.
1: Uh, I think I think right. there's a point though, for the business as well to make sure that they're reasonably transparent with why things are happening. Because we know yeah. what people like. Nobody likes change if they don't understand the reason for change. Yes. Or they've not had an opportunity to input towards the change. So as a business, whatever changes you're bringing in, they need to be reasonably transparent so the people that it impacts also understand that reason for change. They don't have to like it, yeah. and we might still have to deliver a difficult message, but the rationale makes sense. And if you're not transparent enough with that, then we've just got disengagement all across the piece, and that becomes, as a manager, really difficult to manage as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're out as a human. We want the why, don't we? And it does help being as honest and transparent as you can in terms of this is why we're doing it. Right, then, Nikki. So, final part of this. What must a leader never do?
1: Be a dickhead. Stop being a (laughs) control freak. Don't ever control people. Don't ever put process and task above the people's requirement. And never, ever be too busy, ever, for your team. I hate that. I'm too busy. Yeah, if you're too busy, you're not managing your time correctly, or you're just avoiding the stuff you don't want to do. So, yeah. no, ne- never, never put your tasks above your people. Tasks yeah. can wait, but you've really got to, if your people are struggling or your people need support, then that's your priority. So, never, never put your tasks above your people.
0: Love it. Never be a dickhead.
1: Never,
0: no, yeah. no don't I, I and anyone who listens there's to this no podcast is never going to disagree with that. Yeah, I think it's, it's well, Lord. It, no need- y- you've called something out there that actually, you know, I, th- I think raises what, you know, this this bit about how can our audience not be a dickhead. You know, the, I think you've, you've raised something that's really important there around never be too busy. You know, what, it, what, what does it makes people do that? Cause dickheads definitely are the ones who got am too busy for this, or I haven't got enough time in the day.
1: What do you think makes people do that? They just lose sight of what's important or they lack of skill I think the majority of it comes down to um if I'm if I'm going to put my task above my people because I'm too busy to do all that because this takes my preference or this takes up my time it's either as a business where we've not been very clear with the role of a manager or this is my comfort zone and this is where I'm at my best so I need to busy myself in that and that takes a back seat because I'm either not skilled or I'm not confident and I think if that's the case, it's not always a training need either. I think that's got to be, everything's always training. They, they, they're not doing it or they can't do it. It's training. Well, they've had the training. What support have they had to apply it? And if mm. we're not supporting them to apply those skills that we've we've given them and holding them accountable for it, then n- that's never going to become part of the comfort zone. And you will always make the choice to do what you do best and what you know is comfort. But, and people are people are hard work. They, they are. They're, they're never going to have the same mood every day. People that, you, you know, you're yeah. going to just end up having conversations that you didn't plan for that day. You know, somebody behaves completely out of character. You can either go, oh, we're not happy with that, but I'll just do this report and ignore yeah. it. Because that's a challenge yeah. that you just can't be asked dealing with. But yeah. what's that? What's the larger <clears> impact? <throat> and I think we, we, we live in the moment sometimes. So these people that are too busy are living in the moment and are not either not planning the time wisely or they're making a, a conscious choice to put the tasks above the people because the people are more difficult to deal with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought the example is right, I've oh, seen no, I'm not happy with it, but I'll do this over here and then hopefully I'll, everyone will have forgotten about it. And
1: well, know, I'll go and, and have... complain to HR. That's another. Uh, yeah. It's just done this to me. Well, deal with it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: What to do? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, what have you said to the person who did it?
1: <laughs> well, nothing. I'm really upset. Well, you, you might. So, go and take a minute, and then pull that person because they're obviously reacting like yeah. that for a reason. Yeah. Make them aware of the behaviours. If you don't tackle it, and it doesn't have to be formal, it's like let's go and have a coffee. And let's just chat. Yeah, what, yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Don't don't make it about you then because that's out of character for that individual. Yeah. What, let's go and have a coffee. Let's go for a walk. What's going on? Why Why did that happen? And then yeah. look at the consequences once they've kind of reflected. People don't always reflect on in the moment. You have an emotional outburst. And, you know, somebody gets angry. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're angry. It could be, well, we know, don't we? It could be, I'm worried about something. Or and it could be any number of reasons that that outburst has come out as anger. And you've got an opportunity as a manager to either go, screw that, not dealing with that, be writing him up tomorrow. Or you <laughs> go, whoa, hang on a minute. going to take a minute. And I'm going to go, come on, me and you, let's go for a bit of a chat. Yeah. And it's out of the environment. I walk around the building, just outside, fresh air, the two of you, no desk, no laptop. What is going on? What happened there? Yeah. And then look at the consequences. How do you think that made everybody feel in the office when you did that? How do you think that impacted? So how do we address it? What do I need to do? And put it back to how do I support you so that doesn't happen again? And then that becomes an informal conversation. The more you can have them... That addresses and I hate waiting for formal conversations to address issues or positives. Why can't you just go? Oi, come on, let's go and talk about that behaviour. And it's addressing. It's ne- and it doesn't have to be a big thing. Then it's been dealt with, been done, yeah. sorted. And they trust you as a as a manager to know that you're not going to tolerate it, but you're also going to listen to them. And I think we forget yes. that that level of it. That we're not. We are. We have to be empathetic to people. People don't come to work to live in work. They don't live for work. They've got a life outside of it and sometimes, and sometimes that does impact. And we need to be able to be a shoulder to cry on sometimes. And we won't have the answer. I, I don't know how to help you. But you tell me what you need from me and I'll, I'll do my best. But we need to make sure that we don't get an outburst like that again. That's not acceptable. Yeah. I'd be comfortable to have it. And look, it's not always nice, it's not always easy I don't like having difficult conversations, I oh. never like having them, but I have to have them it's as simple as that, yeah. so it's in my job title, says you will be having difficult conversations yeah. in your career so yeah, yeah. Boom, it's just part and parcel of it, but they don't always have to be difficult sometimes you just have to listen and that's a big one so maybe it's yeah. should have put that in the always category always listen uh, Yeah. <laughs> sometimes uh, and not never
0: <laughs> yeah, beautiful Nick, I think you said that, so it's, it's like you said, it doesn't have to be a difficult conversation, just listen. And I think you, you said there about making people really understand that this is what I will not tolerate, and I will listen to you. Yeah. I think it, it, the thing you're saying there about when you have to deal with something, it's so powerful, isn't it, in terms of being able to start that conversation by showing, okay, I want to talk to you about this, and I want to listen to it from your point of view. So I... I learned that. I can't say I learned it the hard way, actually, because somebody really helped me to avoid learning it the hard way. So I was going into work one morning uh, when I had a team of 30 people, and we'd worked really hard on changing the perception of our team. And we were under quite a lot of pressure. We were really hard at getting the behaviors right and working together and not allowing other people in the organization to blame us by addressing those things in the right way. So I was kind of on ten to hooks often about oh god if somebody lets something slip. And this one morning I walked in. With, it must have been about I don't know, half seven, the winter morning. It's pitch black outside, and I walked in to find one of my team who was quite strong-willed and quite opinionated, shall we say, literally stood on her desk trying to jam something inside the air conditioning unit above her whilst having a full-on blazing row with the uh, CEO CEO's PA.
1: Oh, wonderful. And you know, when you walk
0: in, you feel like, oh my God, I'm not having an out-of-body experience here. And obviously, the last person you want somebody in your team to be having a with is the CEO's PA, <laughs> PA because they are going to tell the PA. You know, so, you just, And then even worse, I'm looking around and thinking, like, no one else in the team is, like, uh, calling this out and saying, do you want to stop? So, I mean, I was livid. I was absolutely livid, and I I... I, I assertively asked my member of my team to get down from the desk and say, what are you doing? And saying, look, just please stop what you're doing. And then I made sure I took the uh, PA to a separate partner. I said, look, I'm really sorry. I'll deal with this. I don't know what's going on. You tell me first what's going on. And it, it didn't paint a very good picture of my team member. So I'm then walking back down the office, and I'm livid. I'm you know, fucking livid. I'm thinking, how have I just walked into work for this?
1: No, I haven't
0: yet. You no, know, <laughs> and it was a lady, uh, Angie. Her name is. Now she was in HR. Very much more employee relations. So, yeah. not I, I. wouldn't have looked at her and go, "Why have you not stopped this before I've got in?" Because yeah, yeah, that wasn't her responsibility. She wasn't an HR business partner, and she she stopped me. And we knew each other. We got on well, and she still kind of just have a quick word. And she said to me, "Don't deal with this now." And I'm thinking, oh, shit, she's going to tell me I've got to do a disciplinary. She's going to tell me to do it. And I was like, what do you mean? I said, I've got to. She went, go away and calm down. She said, I know how angry you're going to be about this, Tim. She said, I witnessed it. It wasn't right. She said, there's two sides to every story. She said, just calm down first. She said, take a bit of a breath allow the other person to calm down yes. you know she said they'll probably realize they were in the wrong and you know she was quite nice to say, look the way you dealt with it in the moment great well done that was a really good way to deal with it and then she said when you when you speak to this person she said mm-hmm. promise me the first thing you ask them is how are you yeah what was all that about she said because yeah. if you go in and and really railroad them she said they're going to get defensive. They're not. They're going to blame it on other people. Yeah. You know all these other things. And I went and sat in. I, I shared an office with my boss. And my boss wasn't in that day. I wasn't in at that time. And I kind of sat down and I I, I got a cup of tea and I was like, I, I did what what Angie recommended and I took the time and I took a breath. And the conversation was totally different to how I'd yeah. expected it because I I, I I I kept my promise to her and I did and I said to the person, look, what what was all that about? How are you like? What's going on? I said. It's a bit shocked to walk in and find you having a row on your desk. So I called it out and the conversation was totally different. And it was because that person helped me to say, just go and listen to them. Allow yeah. them to speak first. Don't go in and attack them. Everybody's seen what happened. There's no contest over what's happened. And it completely changed it. The person apologized. You know, she did say that bloody PA winds me up anyway. And I was like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. not, not a good enough excuse to behave like that. So, but it allowed me to call it out in a way that, because she was open. Yes. And, it, and it, like I say, that, it was because I got that advice and somebody get took that intervention with me. You're right. It's just go in and listen. We're going to deal with it. We're going to make it clear. We're not going to tolerate yeah. that. And look, the result of that was my team member we went and apologised to the PA. We, we escaped from getting a bollocking off the CEO and all the other crap that would have come with that. And and then she actually apologised to the team as well. And, well, you know, it was lovely because uh, yeah, yeah, she yeah. would thanked me for the way I dealt with it. And it needs and and a bit like your boss earlier. I needed that person to just intervene at the right time and go, just calm down. You know, ultimately what she was saying is Tim no one's been hurt. They've not hit each other. Yeah, they might have had a few choice words. So, but at the end of the day, so, and it just really changed my perception of it. And I think it's it was a lesson I learned in that self-awareness and self-management piece. Because yes. you're right, it doesn't have to be a difficult conversation. Just choose to listen to the other person.
1: It makes a massive difference. It really does. And I think I I've, I've, I've learned the hard way because I went straight in emotional um, because it was aimed at me at the time. And I thought, I'm going to have to Okay. And, and yet yeah, the, the, it was very heated at the beginning um, f- from both parties. And I w- you could see it, you could hear it in my voice. Because when I get angry, I cry. And not so much now. I'm, I'm much better because I don't get angry that often. But I, I just felt like it was I was targeted in that particular moment and I addressed yeah. it incorrectly where I should have probably asked for it once we'd calmed. And it was at the end of the day as well, which was probably the worst thing. But we'd it took us a lot longer to get to the right outcome because I was emotional. Um, we got there in the end and I, I got an apology and a different person came to that session the next day. But it could have been avoided. And I've learned from that to not, as yeah. you just said calm yourself down before you address it and then you're looking at it rationally because when you're in emotionally it's all about you and that's what I made that conversation about and that was so wrong because it's not about me it's about why that person was reacting the way that they were it's just that I felt so and and so it was the wrong thing to do so I learned the hard way um but you absolutely you've got to take the emotion out of it first so sometimes it's just going clear in your head, allowing them to clear their head because they're only yeah. then allowed to reflect on that behaviour. Otherwise, if it's in that moment and in the heat, they're still dealing with that emotion and it's not easy to yeah. see through the, the puff of redness.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Out. So, yeah, we're still dealing with the emotion, aren't we? And it, yeah, it's, it's either allowing time together to allow those emotions to pass or, like you say, just, just taking a bit of space and then going back and talking about it yeah. in a way that's going to help to solve it. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, you are a superstar. Honestly, I, I could literally just keep asking you so many questions and getting <laughs> you keep talking. But I'm going to make sure that you get on with your day. So the final question before I get your music and your book recommendation uh, is: Why must it always start with you? It
1: always it has to start with you. <laughs> See now, now you've flustered me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it has to start with you. You've got it. You can't influence or support other people unless you're in a good. Space and you're aware of you, so you've got to be aware of what you're needing to do and how you're you're needing to tackle things and you look at your own areas of improvement and, or your own strengths and how that works. But yeah. and your, your headspace when you're starting your day, what's your headspace and how's that going to impact? So your team are relying on you, whoever that is. So it's how you pre- prepare yourself for the day ahead. To make sure that that's not going to impact on the people around you. And also your own day. So if you are you wake up in a yeah. really shit mood, what are you? what's it going to take to get you out of that? What do you need to do? Because it's A, you're going to have a shit long day. Your team are going to suffer. So it's yeah. going to start with you for your mental health as well. Have a reflection. Don't be frightened to reflect and go, listen, I'm just going to set this off an hour. I just need an extra coffee this morning. Yeah. And yeah. a minute to plan my day out. Put some music on that makes me day and then I'll come back to you on that one or just, you know, just give me an hour. But also for me, if it be open with your team, so it, as again, it's coming back to being you, isn't it? I'm having a shit day today. Started off not great, but I'll be all right in a minute. i just got to do this. And then, and then I'll pick up and check you're all right. But actually what makes me get to feel better is asking my team how, how they do, but they get there before me to be fair. So they tend to ask, how's your day going before I've even had a chance. So they make my day. But yeah, it has to start with you. You've got to be in a good mental place to start because it will impact you for the rest of the day, the rest of the week, but also it will impact your team. And if you want to get the best out of your team, you've got to bring the best version of you. I'm sure somebody keeps saying that. Where have I got that (laughs) from? I don't know. I don't don't know where that keeps coming from. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's so true. You've got, you've just, whatever version that is, it's the best that you can give that day it's got it's got to start with you keep smiling oh somebody else said that <laughs> oh my god i'm
0: like a bird what's going on i'll give you that tenner when we uh, finish <laughs> i think
1: do
0: you know what though it's a really important reminder isn't it and i think particularly like you said about if you wait if you start the day in a shit mood you it's up to you to get yourself out of that and like you, you say do, it's yeah, thinking yeah. about what's the good start to the day you know is it about listening to some music exercising having another half hours cape, doing the school run Starting work really early sometimes that's the best way that people oh. start the day or like you say just engaging with your team because it it does fascinate me sometimes that you, at the end of the day you can have a bad night's sleep or whatever it might be that you just might wake up in a bad mood and then people have filled the diary with the meetings that they, they dread the most or the the people that they don't want to spend the time with and sometimes that's out of your control a lot of the time it's in your control and sometimes you've put those starts to the day in and actually you can just take a step back and go you know actually I mean one of the good things about a company where i used to work with was they had the little sleep pods Um, and i I had it was probably a 30 to 45 minute drive into work so i would be leaving early um and it had often been me in there because i i would be in a bit of a shit mood because it it was a bit of a toxic culture and i I struggled a little bit particularly with somebody who, who i worked with there um and so that's what i i through advice, I had to choose to do so. It became a joke like, where's Tim? All his desert boots will be sticking out of all them sleeping pods. That's where you'll find me. I am a bit like, yeah, you will. If you want me at half seven, eight o'clock in the morning, that's where I'll be. And I would go and I'd, uh, meditate in there or yeah. I'd uh, read a bit of a book or I'd just sit and listen to music because I learned through bad experience of that drive to work was getting me more and more wound up thinking about what I've got to do or the people I'm going to face. And yeah, you've got to just choose. Haven't you? You've Got to be quite ruthless yeah. sometimes and say, "I'm having this space."
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, I, I find, um funnily enough, which is just as well, really, in the career path I've chosen, that I I work better around being with people. So when I get a day, because obviously I'm I'm remote now, so when I'm at home and I don't have a lot of interaction, I find that that does. Um play havoc with me sometimes and, I, and I, I'm not as creative or I'm not as proactive some days because I'm not interacting with people. So in order, if I don't wake up in, in the best of me, which is not often to be fair, I'm pretty yeah. happy. But I do have bad days or I've got to, I know I've got a difficult day ahead of me and I'm trying to prepare myself. I try not to let that impact on my team and I've got to go. It's not their fault. It's not their issue. They don't even need to know what's happening. Um, But how do I get myself ready? Because it's nobody else's fault. And your bad mood should not be taken out on anybody else. And I've, I've got yeah. quite good at... I, I can't share my playlist because I'd be so embarrassed with what I listen to, but I have... Honestly, it's really bad. If I asked Alexa to play my playlist now, you'd be shocked. But um, it just helps me kind of reframe. Sometimes I have to go and talk to myself in the mirror. Oh, Maybe I shouldn't share that, but I do. I rant in the mirror, and then I feel so much better. And, oh, awesome. Or say the things that you can't say that you'd like to say. Say it in the mirror. Yeah. Let's tip back and give you... Go in a minute, yeah, yeah. Rant, see in the mirror, rant, see that ugly face you pull. And then oh, two breaths, start the day. It
0: yeah. works, works for me. <laughs> now, you've just mentioned your playlist. So I think from a we always finish with a book of music. We're going to start with music then, Nikki. So what's what's a song and or an album that everyone must listen to?
1: For me at the minute, because my as a, my music taste is incredibly eclectic. It will move from the 50s right through. I, I kind of miss the 90s a little bit, but there's only a few records I really like in there. Um but um, at the moment, my favourite album is the new Pink album, and I just love the the differences She's she's now she's gone through that transition of being the angsty, you know, out there wild yeah. child to becoming a parent, and how she's raising her her child. And the, and it's some of the songs on there are about the advice that she's giving to her daughter. But kind of I can't give you advice because I don't know it all. Yeah. And I love that message because it's like we don't know it all nobody knows it all yeah. there's nobody you you always need to learn and we're going to learn sometimes together and you know covid was a perfect example of that but yeah I love I love the transition of her and she's she is feisty she stands up for what she believes in there's a little girl crush going on there because I absolutely love her to death i think she's just a fantastic voice you know she's and she's just she's not frightened of being who she is I am, who I am, and this is. It. I'm putting it out there for the you either love me or you hate me. And but her music, yeah. If I'm in a somebody's, especially at home when, and they're a grown up now, but um, my grown up children decide that they're too lazy to do the dishes and that the house yeah. put a bit of pink on, and I guarantee you'll have that kitchen sorted in no time at all. Yeah, yeah no, definitely pink, definitely pink.
0: Beautiful. You're at least the second person to recommend pink, definitely. Oh,
1: so I at least for me. On. I think the bit you said there as well about
0: the music and 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 I mean, I'm obsessed with music. So yeah, it's a self-indulgent thing that I ask people to do on this yet. Uh, it, it, the, I'm also doing it because to remind people of the power of it. And I think what you just said there, you might be having a stressful time at home. Actually stick some music on that you know you love, that you know, you know you're interested in or maybe has good memories. You're right, that, that cleaning will get done in no time. I did it last night with the cooking and the washing up. I was absolutely knackered. And the last thing I wanted to do was actually one, put the shopping away, then cook and, you know, a bit of prep for the cooking, all that sort of stuff. And it's first real problems, I know. Then do the washing up and stuff, you know, all all the time surrounded by a teenage daughter and a 10-year-old daughter. So, you know, that brings its own challenges. And my wife was really busy as well. So and that was the thing I thought, you know what, I'm just going to stick some tunes on and actually just forget about it. And because it, it's oh, yeah. I think you said it before, that was the bit, I, I really like you said that, is that bit of it's not somebody else's fault that you're in a bad mood even if somebody antagonizes you and look clearly if people are bullying you or anything like that or saying things inappropriately yes they'll contribute to how you'll feel Absolutely. nine times out of ten somebody has said or done something and actually it's, it's how you've reacted internally that creates that and, and yeah. you know there's that ability to go that reflects on them not me let's stick some tunes on and get on with it
1: oh yeah if you've received any you know, you find sometimes that people rely on email and especially in this world yeah. that we're in we don't pick up the phone as much we can't wander off to somebody's desk and go listen have you got a minute for that it's yeah. like you know it's instant messages and email and um there's a lack of communication style within those messages sometimes you've read it wrong and i've had to go oh whoa, oh, don't respond no nope." yeah Alexa, oh no, don't play. Alexa, don't play anything. <laughs> Stop. walk on of that one I'm Play that particular song, and then I'll I'll tip myself off down there, and I'll come back and I'll go right, and then I'll go. Have you got five minutes for a chat? Let's talk it because then when you speak to them, it's nowhere near as aggressive or as uh, yes. as it came across in there. They just worded it. Differently, or you're dealing yeah. with somebody in a different part of the world that that's quite acceptable, you know. But when you when you actually pick up the phone and have a conversation, it's completely different. Well, if I had yeah. gone, oh, I'm gonna let that wind me up right now, and I'm gonna keyboard respond.
0: warrior, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, and that's so easy to do, isn't it? Because I'm yes. a, a keyboard warrior. I hate them, but um yeah, it's just it. it yeah, it's it's one of them. We've got to you've got to take yourself out of that moment and choose your response. And I think you are you are responsible and in control of your emotion. It's but you have to learn that, right? You have to learn what your triggers are. Well, we know that you, you're going to need to learn yeah, what, yeah. what, how you get yourself away from that and stop that from impacting your day or impacting your responses, especially when you're in meetings and you feel like this is, you know, I hate this meeting because they're going to go at me it this way. It's how you choose to respond to it. Sometimes it's just yeah. smile and go, okay and pick it up after sometimes you've just got to get through the meetings but you you have to reflect on your emotion and how you do it and music can absolutely help change that yes just like that just like that
0: now the other thing that can help with that is the reading and again this is why i ask everybody to share their book recommendations. so nikki what's a book that everybody must read
1: oh now do you know what i'm going to go old school on this good um because I was going to go really cheesy and go well your book obviously because it's right here in front of me now. You know? Oh
0: bless you, thank you.
1: <laughs> I, I, I also I've got a few because I've also got the Simon Sinek one, the Why book. That's another that's on my on my. I, I'm a bit of it, I like to read a bit and then go to another book, and it's whatever yeah. I'm, I'm on at that moment. I'll probably pick up a bit of a, a chapter, and sometimes you can lose yourself in in. I love I love those types of books that are stories, which is yes. probably why yours is here on on my bed now because you're you're doing it through a storyteller. But my my one that I always go to is fish. Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How old
1: school is that? But again, it's a story and it's about the culture change. And I think every organization should have fish in the, in the, in the, because, you know, everyone, we need to change the culture or the culture. Is
0: it Boston Fish Market? Have I remembered rightly?
1: Uh, Seattle. (laughs) Certainly, thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll, that, that's the
0: example. Absolutely. Obviously, of had to change the fish market, isn't it? And all yeah, yeah.
1: So it's like framework. it's all about. You might be doing a really shit job. The job itself is a bit boring or a bit crap, and it's early mornings. But it's yeah. how how you do that job or how you interact with people that make the. And I l- yeah. absolutely love the fish philosophy, and I'd love. I mean, I just when I'm having a bad day, um, or you know, people are saying well, we need to look at the culture. I go me just re- revisit fish. <laughs> <laughs> and I read it. And I just love, you know, choose your attitude. It yeah, says it yeah. all, doesn't it? It's just yeah. all of that. Have fun. I think they say play. I think we changed it when we used it in a previous company. Uh, and when I say use it, it was used very loosely, but we used the term have fun rather than play. But I don't, I don't yeah. think it makes much difference. But you, you, should, if you're not having fun in work, why are you even bothering? You spend so much time in work. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I mean, there's more than just the fish, book. there's quite a few. But that's the one that I, I hold and is always at hand if I'm got my music on and I just need, need a bit of a state. So that's why the three books, that can flip between the three of them. But I don't want to go and, and I highly recommend you because that might just be like cheesy, cheesy, but you're there. But so go fish. I've gone fish.
0: <laughs> Great choice. I love it. Nikki, I can't thank you enough for the time you've given. No, not for me, for the because... listeners. You've been an absolute... <laughs> superstar is this a bit where we share the secret this is your first podcast the will just out by saying yeah i have
1: never done a podcast before this is the first one i have absolutely enjoyed every minute of it you you're really good at putting people at ease by the way so i'll come back and do another anytime you want (laughs) (laughs)
0: let's do it so i'm very honored that you chose my podcast to be the first one so i really appreciate it and people will take so much from what you've shared, Nikki, and I, you know I'll summarize this in the outro. You know, but the, you've shared a lot of tangible advice in terms of how to create that leadership culture, how to help people to get into those roles. You've shared a lot about your own experiences, and so much around your passion in terms, you know, whether it's around the listening, whether it's around that not being too busy. There's so many things in there that people will be able to take away from it. So Absolutely. you have been an absolute superstar, Nikki. Thank oh, you so I really much.
1: Myself.
0: <laughs> Thank you, and I will see you soon. Thanks very
1: much.
0: How good was that? The brilliant Nikki Hercombe. I set it up in her intro and told you what to listen out for. I'm sure you've taken so much from it. Uh, I had a genuine blast uh, talking to Nikki. As we shared in the interview, it was the first time we'd sort of e-met each other. Um, Excuse me. And it was Nikki's first podcast interview, bless her. So I feel genuinely honoured and I hope you do too. And uh, I'm I'm sure you'll agree that that didn't come across that way. She came across very confident. I think it's a nice... I'm mentioning that because it's a nice place to start in terms of the coaching question I want to ask you, because Nikki doing this podcast is an example of her practicing what she preaches, and that's because she asks you about what shit will you give a go? Now, all right, shock, horror, I like the question with the word shit in it. Nikki also articulates this brilliantly, where she talks about, and the question I want to ask you about this is, how can you do more of what you don't know so what, what can you do for the first time? What are the things that you could challenge yourself with? You know, I don't know if you, if you dread putting a budget together because you've never done it before. Well, maybe go to some meetings with accounts. Maybe go and build a relationship with them. Maybe test yourself in terms of actually being able to create that budget. So how can you do more of the things that you don't know how to do? Um, I'd, I'd be an idiot if I didn't ask you these questions because um, I think they're going to kind of do this in a quick fire way, really. This is about when Nikki was talking about being your true authentic self. So how honest are you being with yourself about who you are? What masks are you wearing? And how well do you accept who you are? Three really good questions to raise your self-awareness and get you thinking about being your true authentic self. So how honest with yourself are you being about who you are? How well do you accept who you are? And what masks are you wearing? Now, I do want to ask you about a couple of particular areas. And one of them is this thing that Nikki raised around being a leader for the right reasons. So what are the right reasons for you doing the role that you do? Maybe you've forgotten, maybe you've ended up in that job, maybe you're one of those managers who got promoted and got promoted and got promoted because your performance was good and now you may be thinking, how the hell did I end up here and why am I doing this job? So what are the right reasons for you doing the role that you do? Get clear on that and it doesn't matter to anybody else what they are. You might do it for the money, you might do it for the status, who cares? You might do it because you're competing with your friends and family. It doesn't matter. It's important for you to be clear on what are the right reasons for you doing the role that you do. And there's a little bit of link to this in terms of just something. What are you ignoring? Is there a nagging feeling that you're ignoring? Is the displeasure at work something that you're trying to ignore? Is it somebody else's behavior? So just start with the awareness of that and then choose how to deal with it. So be brave and actually just take a step back and challenge yourself to think, yeah, actually, what are you ignoring? Now, th- these next bits might be something you'll uncover when you ask what you're ignoring. Because... I want you to ask about uh, how can you make sure you are not too busy? Too busy in inverted commas. We talked about this, about people kind of have it as a badge of honour, about, oh, I'm really busy and it's not enough hours in the day and, yeah, I'm too busy and all this sort of stuff. Well, as a leader, you can never be too busy for your people. Yeah, What an idiotic thing to allow yourself to think. They're the most important part of your role as a leader is the people that you lead. So really think about how can you make sure you are not too busy. Um, Do other thing, there's a couple of things I want to ask you around this. Again, we had a great conversation around this. Is uh, (coughs) What does it take to get you out of your shit moods? We all have them sometimes and we might take them into work or that's certainly the danger. Again, maybe this is something you're ignoring. Um, We're all guilty of it and you have to choose what you've got to do to get out of those shit moods, whatever that is, whether that's about consistent habits whether about in the moment choosing to do something whether it's about asking people to help you or just telling people you're in a shit mood you have to get yourself out of that shit mood because it's nobody else's fault so what does it take to get you out of your shit mood and something that might help you with that is how can you get your days off to a good start what are the things that you can do to really get your day off to a good start being really honest this is something i talk to a lot about particularly one-to-one coaching clients who might be struggling with a bit of stress or just being a bit frustrated with their roles and often it's about just making a bit of time to get off to that good start because the shit that you face in your role is going to happen it's part of being a leader it's part of every single role we've all got crap that we have to deal with often the way you start your day is a great way of helping you to respond positively to the crap that you're going to face to the things that other people are going to say and do so how can you get your days off to a good start uh, final couple of questions I want to ask you. All right, I'm being a bit self-indulgent here and I'm particularly talking about people who either are interested in or responsible or deliver that leadership development. And look, I'm sure that's a huge part of the audience listening to this because if you're a leader, you're part of this because as a leader, you always have to develop as a leader. Maybe you're a head of L&D like Nikki. maybe you're a coach like me, maybe you work in a wider HR people-focused role. So I just want you to think about some of the things that Nikki shared there because I think she went over and above a little bit, really, in terms of answering the questions I was asking to give you some real tangible things to take away. So uh, I wanted to think about how can you test out the leadership skills of your people before making them a leader? How can you help them to make the decision to be a leader for the right reasons? How can you help them to understand that leading people isn't about the performance that you've previously demonstrated? It's now about completely different skills and attitudes and having a completely different mindset. So how could you test out the leadership skills of your people before making them a leader? Uh, And the final one, uh, Nikki articulated this better than I think I've ever heard anybody articulate it. How do you make sure you don't create generation after generation of crap managers some organizations are full of them because people follow the example set for them. So what can you do to break that mold? What can you do to make sure you don't create generation after generation of crap managers? And look, particularly for the leaders listen to this, think about what you do to influence the next generation of leaders and what you would want that next generation of leaders to behave like, how you'd want them to come across, what do you want that impact to be of that next generation of leaders that you're influencing now that are following your lead? Right, as always, big thank you to everybody for listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. We're really motoring ahead with Series 2, and I hope you're enjoying it. doesn't matter if you're listening to this five years after they were released or you're listening to it on the day they get published. Thank you. I really hope you're taking a lot from it. As always, you know, I invite you to give me some feedback, write some reviews on the podcast format that you listen to it. Most importantly, just keep, I hope you keep enjoying it. I hope you keep doing something as a result of listening to the podcast. Remember, it always starts with you. Keep smiling, keep being you, and I'll see you back here next time.